laughing because we both have our glasses on because we have to read the questions today from everybody. Because we're old folks. No. <laughs> yeah, so happy anniversary, everybody. One happy year. anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yeah. One year. Karen and I have been married one year. We've been married one year. What the hell's happened to our lives? I'm really not quite sure, but I, I actually am happy that we are filming this with both of us in the woods, people. It is in the woods. Mine, my woods is, my woods right over there right now is snowing. Mm, that's a hot dang mess, people, that's all I have to say. So, happy anniversary edition. What are we doing? We're answering all, our, all of our fan questions. Thank yes. Did I say that right? I don't think I said that right. Yeah, well, that's it, because we wanted to, once again, thank all of you for tuning in every week and listening to our, what are they, Carrie? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Well, I thought, you know what, Carrie, listen, because when it's somebody's anniversary, you buy them cards, right? Yeah. So I didn't have, since I'm in quarantine still, mm -hmm. things, how it hasn't changed in one year for me. <laughs> so these are, I, I, things, people need to know things about me, but I love cards. Yes. Carrie loves cards. You love them more than me. <laughs> I can't wait for you to see all of your birthday cards that I'm sending, which you probably won't even get until you get back from your next trip. Yeah. To right. You U.S. Canadian Postal Services. Yeah, rude. People. So I figured that um, I wanted to share a few. I'm going to call them happy birthday cards, but they're anniversary cards, but they're happy. Okay. These are for you, Carrie. Okay, because okay. I love you. I heart you so much, and you are, you are my bestie. But okay. love. Love. Yeah. Happy fucking birthday. Mm -hmm. Love it. My favorite card ever. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that one. I love that one. And because we are both foodies. Oh, mm -hmm. that's right. That that is so true, girl. That's so true. You are the Mac to my cheese. Yep. Um, and today. You are a queen for a day. And so are you. Two and queens. I got three more. You get a, you're going to have to. <laughs> I thought that was very fitting. Um, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, this and, is good. Cheers. And the, the, the last two are, you have to decide which one is you and which one is me. Oh, I love that one. I don't know. I feel like it could be interchangeable. I think you're the one with the star. With the star? That looks like on your nose pressed up a little bit more on the window. <laughs> and the last one is. Oh, I know. And I miss doing it in person. I'm so, oh, you're killing me. Yeah. So happy anniversary from me. Happy anniversary. I love you. That's amazing. Yeah, that was just my little surprise for you. But. I love it. That's an awesome surprise. Now I feel like an asshole because I don't have a surprise for you. <laughs> you mailed them already. They were my birthday cards and I'll get them next April. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happens every Christmas. My mom sends me, mails me a birthday card, a Christmas card or a present. And it's like, it comes in February. You're like, why? 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 Why, Lord? Mm -hmm. So... Oh, I know these are a lot people 
I'm just gonna say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for submitting them and for your interest in us. Yeah, and watching the show and being fans for this whole time and you all keep us going. Cause some days we're like, I'm over it. <laughs> Can we tell them that the last the last like two, three weeks have just been beyond. You know what? I feel like that's been for everybody. Yeah. It's been a hot dang mess, people. But here we are having some laughs, spreading some joy. Joy questions. Yeah. Um okay. shall we start? You want to start? Go. Okay. You asking me. Emma Bergren. And please forgive us just right now. I just want to say sorry if, if we got it all wrong. So she sent us about 40 million questions. Love her. Thank mm -hmm. you, Emma. And she right now is in Los Angeles. And I think you're in a young artist program there, or you're a young artist. And so you had a lot of questions about young artist programs. Uh, both of us have been in young artist programs. So Carrie, she's wondering if you could talk more about your experience at young artist programs or similar at the beginning of your career. Um, like what was your weekly schedule like as a young singer? How much music do you learn? How much free time do you have? I mean, I just remember I was worked to the bone, but I was also the only mezzo of the program. It was the first year of the program. So no one really knew what was happening or what was going on. You had a hundred different voice lessons with different people. Yeah. Everybody was telling you 5,000 different things. Um, it's insane, a young artist program. All the ones that I did, all the good and the bad. I think you really learn how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your voice, how to say no. Mm. Um, those were years where I knew what my limit was as far as how tired I could be and still perform and do a great job because I was so extremely taxed and overworked. Mm. I also think that you need to have the best people around you, maybe not necessarily there, mm -hmm. that are giving you really great advice you can bounce ideas off of, that also support you and love you, and also can give you tough love. Very important. Tough love is so important, isn't so, it? But you need right. that support group, and that can just, even if it's just one person, because- You only listen to the good advice. Mm, you're not going to learn. You got to listen to the bad, the, you know, the good comments. You also have to listen to the bad comments and, you know, you learn from making mistakes. I just remember there was a lot of negativity. I don't remember why I'm remembering this this way, but it was a lot of negativity and I really needed to find the positivity somewhere. So if that's what's going on in that program, you need to find your people. Yeah. I mean that I would, I would have the exact same advice. Really? It's yeah. And you know, listen, these are, we're young. It's clear they're called young artist program because you're young. And oftentimes you're just thrown into these programs, not having really done anything like it before. Right. And, you know, I always say that phrase sink or swim, but you have to create your own program inside of that program, yes. your own agenda, your own, your own goals. If you just go into a program blindly, and like a sheep follow what they say, listen, they're going to take advantage of every bit of your time and every bit of your energy, right? Yes. So you, like Carrie said, no. Learn how to say no. Also take advantage of every human being that walks through that opera house. So whatever conductor, director, singer, 
be brave, be bold, go ask them, can I, can I take you for coffee? Can I pick your brain at break? 10 minutes tops. I yeah. just really love to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about and grow um, pardon grow a set. Yep. Because most people want to talk about themselves. So <laughs> not us, of course, not us. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, oh. she wanted to know also, um, if you were asked to sing something that you weren't ready to sing, how did you deal with that? And that's a tough one. I so mean, you know, um, if you're not ready to sing it, you're going to trash your voice. So the answer is no, because if you, if they ask you to do it, you know, you can't do it or you're not ready to do it and you do it, you're going to end up in trouble and then they're not going to want to offer you anything else. So you have to protect yourself. That's my opinion. And communicate. I think that that, that is what I learned the most in, in the Metropolitan Opera Young Artist Program was, you know what, they can't read your mind you have to tell them you have to learn to communicate you have to learn to verbalize what you're thinking and feeling and if you try to sing a role and and i always give something three tries if you try it once twice three times and you say you know what this doesn't feel right mm -hmm. it i'm just not ready for it blah 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 verbalize it tell them tell them what you're feeling tell them what you're thinking because you know what? Ultimately, it's your career, not theirs. Ding, 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 ding. Mic drop. Shall we move on? Hmm. I, I think this is important. Did you ever meet any people in programs who had children? I Not when I was in the program, uh, but I know that there are people in programs now with kids. And I do know many men and women that are the singers that have children that make they figure it out and they make it work. Yeah, Nathan Gunn, when I was in the Young Artist Program, he now has a whole brood of kids, but um, he had he had a few in the program and he had a really, he has a supportive wife who's a pianist. And I think that's the only way to do it is to have somebody that's really walking this journey with you um, and able to be there and as a sounding board when you come home, because it's really hard when you come home sitting, if you're alone, and you know you have all these emotions and these thoughts and these feelings and if you don't have somebody to sound them off of you're just going to go gossip with somebody in the program and that's not necessarily healthy which is another question that you asked how do you deal with gossip in this business and um you know all of that that stuff people talking trash about you and all of that and i mean how do you deal with it carrie um I'm just going to be very blunt. And my dad used to tell me all the time that everybody has an opinion, like everybody has an asshole. <laughs> and you decide, you have to know you. Mm -hmm. You have to know what's true and what's not. And you have to have those people that are your sounding boards, like what she's talking about. I don't necessarily think it has to be a partner or a wife or a husband or whatever. Anybody. It just needs to be someone you trust with everything that you can bounce things off of um, so that you're not out there contributing to this toxic environment that is not helpful for anyone. Nope. And I learned early on, and I still have to remind myself to this day that the blinders are here. 
that I'm not comparing myself to anyone else, that what I'm doing is working my hiney off to sound the best that I can, that my body is ready and able to do whatever any director asks me to do. And that's all I can do. Bingo. And you know what else? I mean, in this business, it's hard enough. So it's hard. hard enough what we do. And I always was attracted to people that lifted me up. And I mean, I try in the, this business as well to lift people up and support them because our business is so close knit and there's not so many of us. And, you know, quite frankly, if you're talking about someone, they're probably talking about you too. So remember that. That was my grandma who said that. So your dad, my grandma. I think those are two hashtags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else, Carrie? Oh, you know, uh, this is interesting about costumes that you're not comfortable to wear or nudity or staging that affects your ability to sing. This okay. is all, to my opinion, what you just said. It all boils down to communication. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for me, there was always a line. I wasn't going to cross a line no matter what. Um, I don't know if it ever hindered me from getting a job. I don't really care because I really, what I've done so far, I'm so happy with what I have done. Does that make sense? You're true to yourself. I'm true to myself. I think you have to do that too. Yes, it's competitive. Um, but I think that you have to have a way to communicate that says, I'm not comfortable. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? In the end of the day, you go home with yourself. And if you're not happy with what you did, it's going to fester and it's going to show in your voice. Because, you know, our voice, we're very emotional with what we yeah. do. And if, and if you're not happy or if you're crying, whatever, you're going to feel it in your voice. So, you know what? That's what I think more than anything, young artist programs should actually have psychiatrists. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. oh, um, anything else? Oh, the friend, this Emma also said that they told her that they met opera so big that you basically hear the orchestra behind the beat and therefore always need to look at the conductor. That's you. You answer that girl. I don't know. Not true. Okay. Not true. No, some of the best acoustics, uh, in my opinion, um, are at the Metropolitan Opera. I mean, it's yes, it's a barn. It's massive. Um, and if you're singing upstage on Amsterdam Avenue, yeah, you might need to look at the conductor, but you know, the acoustics are great. And as long as you have monitors on stage pointing at you and you have to learn that, you know, I mean, you can't sing a performance staring at the conductor, you know, as, as, butterfly or whatever, you know, or as, as Jane Seymour, you can't have a love scene with Henry staring at the conductor. Mm -hmm. so you got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. place to figure it out, right? Yep. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit more about your voice journey, journey and how you gained access to all of the resonance, resonance, and that's oof, one sip in resonance and uh, that you have now? I thought you talk more about resonance than I do. Oh, you want me to talk about resonance? Well, I got a big head. <laughs> <laughs> I just gonna throw that out. Like I got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of space, and as my husband would say, a lot of empty space. <laughs> <that's not> really... <laughs> no, um, my journey, my journey was kind of like Carrie's in that I started as a mezzo. And you know, it's, it, you're going to be surprised at how many people actually do start as mezzos because the female voice takes time to, to, to develop mm -hmm. and to figure out how, how all those high notes work and how, how your voice works. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky in that I had really great people um, teaching me, but 
I asked questions along the way. And I didn't just listen to what they said and took it as the God's truth. I asked questions. That doesn't, I don't understand. What do you mean by that? That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel right. And I think being a bit vocal, like I'm sure Carrie would agree, she's probably done the same thing. No, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. I remember one lesson, my, my old voice teacher, Ruth Falcon, was teaching me how to, to access chest voice. And I came out of that lesson with no speaking voice. <laughs> and I had a coaching with Tony Minoli, my coach afterwards. And I was like, Tony, I don't get what she's doing. And he said, why didn't you say that it hurt? Ding, 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 ding. So she's not gonna know, or your voice teacher's not gonna know if it hurts or if it's not right if you don't say something. So boy, that seems like a theme, doesn't it? Right? I know. Yeah, you got to speak I'm up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Emma, but you know what? Yeah, you're the only one that's going to do it. So learn uh, to speak up. And especially now, I mean, we're in 2021. We have lived through a pandemic or are living through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, find your voice. This is a time for you to find your voice. And we both support you in that journey. So it's not easy. I, she asked something about uh, able to tell how much you can push your voice or what you can do in case of sickness, etc. Um, my response to that is know what your cords look like when they're healthy. Go in, especially if you have insurance, go in, have them strobe you so you have what your cords look like healthy and travel with that everywhere. Um, so you know what your vascularity is, you know what kind of drugs you can take that aren't going to affect you vascularity wise. Um, how I know, I mean, you'll learn this in, when you're in rehearsals, you'll know this when you're with orchestra if you overdid it, you're going to know when you walk off that stage after whatever you sang that you pushed too much or you overdid it in some way, um, you're going to know. So that's how I knew. And then, then that's how I knew what I was doing wrong or how to fix this or whatever. So I don't know if you would answer the same way, but I, I, I agree completely. I, you know, I've had so many people after my vocal surgery, before my vocal surgery, um, I've been very vocal, vocal about my vocal surgery, yeah. but, um, you know, I don't, I don't have perfectly clean cords. And um, any certain thing makes them flare up and get a bit swollen. And some doctors that don't know my cords would say, oh, but yeah, you're in trouble. And, and it's, not the, it's not the case, but that's because I know my cords and everybody's cords are also know that the shape and the size of them as well, because you know, if you, if you know that you have thicker, longer cords, then you know what your voice can do and how it works mm -hmm. as opposed to shorter, thin cords or shorter fat cords, thinner cords, you know, are not as much of a dramatic voice, thicker cords are more dramatic voices. So, you know, if somebody tells you you're a dramatic soprano and you have thin cords, two and two doesn't equal four there. Right. So <laughs> just saying, um, you asked, do we Carrie, what do you travel with? always like when you when you go on a, on a trip you pack what like knives and spice other things that depends if you're alone or if your husband is there with you uh, no i don't do the whole spice kit i stopped doing the knives because it just became too much of a problem with security right. so whatever um i think if you talk with any singer we have all bought the same stuff in every town and left it in all the airbnbs requires <laughs> to you know the spices uh -huh. all that stuff um 
clothes for rehearsal. I always kind of show up the first day dressed up because I kind of want to see what everybody else is doing. I also want to see the concept of the show. So if I know that the concept is going to be me on the floor and they don't normally clean that floor every day, I'm not wearing my best clothes to rehearsal. So, um, no plug shameless plug for both of us, but I think Carrie and I usually live in Lulu Lululemon. Yeah. I invested in several pieces of that, that I can, you know, hang dry stuff that dries really quickly, um, that I'm not dependent on a dryer on. And when they started making work pants, like pants for work that were travel wear, like any kind of travel wear that looks nice, that looks professional is what I ended up buying. And it happened to be, you know, Lululemon or sometimes there's really great stuff at REI. Um, so that's what I did. And I've actually, I've had a lot of those clothes for a long time because they've lasted so long and they just travel really well and you can want them up and you don't look like a wrinkled mess. And they're all black. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I wear black. I know. Okay. Carrie wears black a lot, yep. but yeah. Tra and traveling, traveling now is a lot different. I will, I will advise singers. This is something that I only learned in the past few years. Make sure when you're going somewhere, especially if you're coming from North America to Europe or vice versa, and things aren't necessarily open when you get there, right. make sure you have at least one snack or meal or something packed away, like a cup of noodles or ramen noodle. I mean, something easy, not or protein bars or something, just because oftentimes you get there and you go, oh, I didn't know that, you know, January 18th was a holiday in Malta. So true. You know? And so also make sure you have enough of your medications because things aren't always the same country to country. Right. Um, and if there's a certain thing uh, that you use that you're used to taking, make sure you have that or in your bag of tricks too. I travel with what I call my bag of tricks and that's my medications. If you get sick at three in the morning, right? you know, and you can't find an open pharmacy or apotheque or whatever, just, you know, have some things with you, but I'm not saying take a whole trunk. No, so. you know, actually that's, I do. I carry a whole stinking pharmacy. <laughs> yep. Listen, I mean, better living through chemistry. That's how Carrie and I have gotten through quite a few shows that, because uh, mm, sometimes you can't even get over wherever you are. They don't have the same brands or they have the same stuff. Um, the other thing is on that carry on, because that's where I carry that stuff is uh, one outfit and an extra pair of underwear. Bingo. Yes. Because how many times have we lost our suitcases? Yep, a toothbrush and like contacts or glasses, like an extra pair of something in case your suitcases are, are you just need something to get you through. I love my, my carry with her carry on. All right. So we're going to go now to Claudia Kyle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask, Carrie, what are your hobbies? My big one, I never talk about it. I just have done it forever is um, I'm a huge knitter. Huge. Love it. Um, my first job overseas, my mom had just taught me the knit stitch. And so I was in Italy with all this gorgeous yarn. I had the longest knit stitch scarf because I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how to cast off. It's hilarious. I still have that thing. Um, but I'm a huge knitter and I love it. It keeps me sane. Um, and it keeps me from snacking at night because that's when I really love to snack. And I'm not gonna... Yeah, because her hands are occupied. My hands are occupied. So I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what are your guilty pleasures? PG rated, Carrie, PG rated. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you can say whatever you want to say. I know you love your husband a lot. I do love my husband a lot. So he's kind of a guilty pleasure. But uh, another one is, 
off the top of my head right now because I've just really been craving some, but I really don't want to eat it because it makes me feel like crap is candy. I love candy and another guilty pleasure. What you do too? Carrie likes candy. No, I don't. I actually don't like candy. No, I like sweet. I did as a kid. I like salty. I am, I am more savory. Yeah. And I'm more, I like sweets. So sweets are a guilty pleasure for me more so than I'd rather eat my calories than drink them. But I think you'd rather drink your calories than eat them. Yep. So that's a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> I empty gin bottle. Thank you. Levin's water. We just have to do a shameless plug. Thank you for providing this yummy, yummy gin. Um, to Carrie and I in the past year, which Carrie only got to try once I mailed it to her. Should we tell them how I mailed it? No, because then they're going to come after you. All right. Oh, okay. What? Oh, and I also love to read. Huge reader. Huge reader. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are your hobbies? Screaming divas. <laughs> I have no time for hobbies. <laughs> I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what are my hobbies? Uh, I love gardening when I'm home. Um, that is a later in life thing. And I really enjoyed getting to learn how to cook. Cool. Um, I love hiking. You, I do love yeah. hiking in, in the woods. And I know you do too. And uh, guilty pleasure. No, wait, 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 wait. You are a beast in the woods. You are, will climb over, up, under, down, anything without any fear. I'm a mountain goat. My grandma always called me. You, I, I, I think that's true. So that's a really, yeah, that is your hobby. You love to do that. I do. I have a good sense of balance too. And Carrie and I, when, when she was up, was that the last time that I saw you in person? Yeah. I can't even talk about that. Uh, that was Rusalka. <laughs> and we went for a hike here on the, on the escarpment and we went vertical, like bonk. I was fine going up, coming down. I was like, I hate you. I'm scared. Where's the slide? <laughs> she's like, Can I have a parachute, please? <laughs> so, yeah, so I love hiking. I love nature. Um, guilty pleasures. Mm, gin. Gin, cheese. Yeah. I really like cheese. Um, and I'm really into Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale. I, I'm very late to the party, but you're really into that. I love yeah, that. Margaret, Margaret, we're coming for you. Just going to say that. So from Marina Papa, I aspire to be an actress and I would like to know how important is personal branding? And I'm going to throw that one over to you. Oh, great. Because, well, no, you do. You do a lot of the social media stuff, you know, and how important do you think personal branding is? Because we just, we just talked with somebody about this. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I mean, if, I was asking Andrew Owsley that of Unison Media. Uh, he would say extremely important to have a personal brand. But I, on the other hand, I agree with him, but my personal brand has to be very authentic and very real. Yeah. I think he would agree with that. Um, but mine has to be that. And so I think it's a personal choice of what kind of brand you want to market yourself as. But yeah, and, and how you want, I think, I think the important thing to think of is how the people looking at it perceive you, you know, and how you want to be perceived. Um, because listen, social media is what it is. It's not all real. Social yeah. media is not, sorry, sorry, people to burst the bubble, but yeah. if you're an actress too, and if you're on television, you know, it's not all real. Right. 
um, they just capture what's in the frame of that picture because, you know, right outside of this lens, you know, could be a four lane highway and people don't know that, but you know, um, yeah. and whoa, this is a tough one. How do we feel about not seeing so many women composers and conductors in the industry? Well, do brutal. we need to say? Hmm? What is it, Carrie? Brutal. It's awful. I am hoping the tide is changing. I'm hoping there are more initiatives to have more females, also more initiative initiatives to have, you know, people, a diverse stage. Yeah, we, we need, uh, listen, I think we all need to be represented in our, in our business, not just women, not just men. You know, we need to have a, as Carrie always says, a, a rainbow. She wants to see a rainbow. I want to see a rainbow of colors, of sizes, of shapes, of everything. Um, ethnicities, women, men, mm -hmm. you know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just want, I want to see people that, that do the best job yep. and people to be rewarded for doing the best job, not because of how they look, but because of what they do. Yep. End of story. Yep. Okay. From Elise Fuentes. Hope I said that correctly. How do you deal with negative energy that surrounds you? For, in, for instance, when you're at a rehearsal and someone gossips that she's not good or she's a disaster. We just answered that one now, did we not? Yeah, we did. I mean. Listen, if, they're ta if you're talking about them or if they're talking about you, you know, they're talking about everyone else too. So yeah. it's up to you. I, I step away from it. You know, I'm, I go to the other side of the room now because life is too short. Mm. That's why, that's why I came up to Carrie, because she made me laugh. And I thought, yes, please, more. Yep. Um, and also, I mean, you know if you're a hot mess, people. You know if you're a disaster. You know if you're not good. So mm -hmm. are you really a disaster? Or are you really not good? I think you have to know, know thyself. So, so then those kind of comments or those kinds of things, just like you say, uh, what, what do you say, water off a duck? Yep, but be a duck and let the water just wash right over you. You yeah, know, not worth it. Life's never drown in water. Yeah, it's not worth it. Goes right on. Yeah, it's not worth it. Okay, okay. We need to talk about these two girls, Vivian and Odette Yanetta. I hope I said that right. Okay. They're from Canada and they're fifteen-year-old sisters, which is so cute. Hi. Yay. Mm -hmm. They want to know if my Traviata from the COC will be rescheduled, and that is unfortunately no because I'm 52 years old and it's going to be the geriatric trial. <laughs> Could I do it? Yes. You know what? It just, it didn't fit into my schedule. And, and now that I'm starting to sing Turandot and Joconda and things like that, um, Mary Callis said the voice is not an elevator. And I truly do believe that, um, you know, some things it just, the timing just is never right. And that was a role that, really kind of got away from me so many times. So that, and also, will we interview Joyce T. Donato? Um, Ladies, we've been trying. Yeah, everyone, we have been trying. Um, and, oh. you know, not just Joyce, there's a lot of people we, we've been trying, and this has been a difficult year. Right. You know, and, and um, you know, for some reason or another, a lot of people just, just, are doing their own thing. And I get that, you know, but Joyce, we would love to have you on the show because it would be a barrel lapse. Yes, it would. 
with <laughs> so good times. But no, you're right. I mean, I think that there are people that uh, it's hard, man. It's hard to be going what, what we're going through in this last year of not doing what we love. And some people don't really want to talk about it. And I get it. So. No. My- it's okay. And not everybody likes doing interviews. Exactly. I remember working with Dmitry Vorostovsky and it was like he would just break out in hives from doing interviews. He just hated them. He hated them. So, you know, not everybody is as open and vocal as Carrie and I are. So. There you go. All right. Oh. I'm not do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is always you saying it. All right, you... <laughs> you've teased us with the idea of a live stage version of Screaming Divas. Any ideas what that might look like? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is Craig Lee. Craig uh, we, Lee. Um, yes. There, there are some concerts. A Bruin. A Bruin, people. Bruin. And, um, but we don't want to give away too much because... Yeah, then you won't come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and it's not, I, I will give you one little hint and that it won't just be me and Carrie. Hmm. Right? You'll have a good time. You'll have a good time, put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. And I think it's gonna be coming to uh, a city close to all of you soon. Ding, 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 ding. We will let you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? He also said it was, I'm going to ask you this one, Carrie. Craig Lee said Screaming Divas was started as a response to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What direction do you see the show going as COVID-19 recedes and life returns to normal, whatever that is? I have some ideas about what it could look like. I don't know if it would work, um, but I really love what has happened when we've been talking to some of these, especially the general directors or artistic directors, that I think we see another side of them through this platform. And I would really love to still continue to see the sides of the business that are not normally shown, especially even when a company does interviews or, or does promos. It's not always, I, I like it a little bit more real, I guess. So I kind of want to get to the nitty, nitty gritty of things and there's always the backstory in in the opera business. I mean, yes, we we had the pandemic, um, and that gave us the luxury of time to be able to do this. But when we get back to doing what we do, there's still the the backstory of everything, which is and, so fun. <laughs> is so fun, and the shenanigans, and you know, it's that's not going to change. Mm-mm. And people are still going to need to talk about what they're feeling and going through because I. I I don't honestly believe that our business is going to be right back to the way it was right away. Right. So people are still need going to need to talk it out and yep. hash out stuff. So listen, our door is always open, people. Yep. The same. And, and God knows, Carrie and I like to talk. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, this is a good one. Craig said, I don't recall any video, video clips of your guests performing as part of your show. Have you ever considered showing them in action? especially artists that we may not be familiar with, like Scott Davies. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, but there's a lot of legal implications. And red tape to jump through and all that kind of stuff. But that's actually a really good idea. Okay. Well, we'll look into that. Yep. Check. Noted. 
Oh. Uh oh. Oh. Okay. Rapid fire questions for us. So, okay. if you were transported back in time and found yourself on stage starring in the premiere of a Bellini, Donizetti, Verdi, or Puccini opera, which one would it be and why? Is that for me? Yep. Well, that's pretty much a no-brainer. Okay. Um, I, I think it would have to be Norma. Ooh. Yeah, because I would love to know exactly what voice type he wanted for that. Okay. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. know, like, did he want more, like, my voice, like Maria Callas' voice, or did he want more of a Joan Sutherland you know, more dramatic coloratura with all the fireworks, or did he want a more dramatic voice? And I'd really like to ask him, you know, yeah. what about you, Carrie? Mm, I think it would have wanted to be around when Fuccini was writing all that stuff, like mm -hmm. Boheme, Manolosco, those kinds of things. I think yeah. that would have suited me really well. I think so too. I think you're right. Um, Okay, so then using the same time machine, which opera star from the past would you like to beam back as a guest on Screaming Divas? <laughs> oh my God, like a million of them. Like the first one is, of course, Kalas. I mean, Caballé. Are you kidding me? I want to talk to Caballé. Absolutely. I mean, for sure, Callas. For sure. I would love to, man. She, she had a lot of stories. I'd love to hear some stories. All right. Big stories. Rapid fire with her would be fun. Some of those big old tenors too, you know? I mean. Birgit Nielsen, she would have she would have been a hoot. Oh would she? Gosh. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. there's just so many. Yeah. It, it just, oof. All those old fashioned old the Burling and Caruso yeah. and That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. how is it how is it like being an opera singer back then? I'd, I'd love to pick their brains about that. Yeah. You know, those big old fat paychecks that they used to get. <laughs> I just snort. Um, okay. Oh, I love this one. This is a great question. You want to ask it? Sure. Caballé and Freddie Mercury were an unlikely couple that made beautiful music together. Who could you imagine collaborating with on a crossover project? Barbara Streisand, Josh Groban. That for me, Kelly Clarkson. I'm going full on pink. I want pink. That girl can write a song, man. Yes, pink. She can write a song. She can write lyrics. She is. She I can do acrobatics singing oh upside down. Gosh, her, Lady Gaga, Cher, Madonna. Yours are much better. Huh? Yours are much better than mine. No, I've actually thought about this. Like there are songs that I love of theirs that I'm like, okay, how can we orchestrate that? I want to orchestrate that and sing that as an opera singer because that is like some really great music, great message. Um, yeah, there's some, uh, I mean, oh my gosh, like Missy Elliott, can you imagine? Like, I, I want that. I want, let's mix it up with some rap and females and oh, I love it. <laughs> That's, you know what I did? I did once, I did, um, uh, Costa Diva with a rock band in New York at the Armory. It was it was pretty cool because it had like a beat to it, you know. Diva. It was cool. I just want some collaboration people with some pretty hot artists out there that are like real musicians. That's yeah. 
-hmm. We did we did write Kelly Clarkson. That was another one that we wrote, right? Come on, Kelly, get it together. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we go. Ashley from Twitter. Ashley. We love you. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, she's She's one of the first people that I met, like when social media all started and all of that. Ashley Emmerich, you have worked together on several productions. What's your favorite thing about working together? Carrie, I know. You want me to answer first? You go first. You go first. You want me to go first? Um, okay, I have a serious answer and, <laughs> and I have a... <laughs> Carrie is, is an amazing singer. Carrie is an amazing technician. Mm -hmm. And I love watching how her mind thinks when she's singing, but also how she is so committed because her technique is so good. She's so committed to acting. And yeah, it's the truth though. Um, I love, I love acting as well. And so being able to play off of that, because acting is double-sided, you know, it's not just one person, it's mm -hmm. acting and reacting. And Carrie is such an amazing actress. And then the funny side of it is just that when we're done with rehearsals, we can go drink. I mean, and maybe go shopping. And maybe go shopping a little bit. We don't ever admit that to our husbands, okay. Um, mine is the same. I, but with something with you that I have admired and wanted to emulate for forever because uh, you bring every part of the A game, every part of it. So when I know I'm going to be on stage with you, I want to bring my A game as much as I can, because then it makes it where two females are able to play off of each other in a way that is exciting and the audience gets excited. And we know it by their reaction to what we've just done. And that's been some of the most thrilling experiences and that's why it's like what else can we do together because it's that much fun for me um yeah. and then the thing about you that is my favorite is it, and I don't know if you really feel this way but it comes off this way John stage is this fearlessness this I know exactly how hard it is what you're trying to sing but when you're out there I never see the fear I don't see it and even if you're feeling it I don't, it doesn't come across that way. And it's like, she's going for it. She's doing it. She's doing it. And there, she just did it. And that's amazing to me. Yeah, I guess. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, well, that all comes from a good technique, like I said, with you too. And that, you know, you just, you Trust. know, that if you're going to try it, it's going to be good. And that, you know, your, your body and your technique enough that if you're not feeling well, you're not going to try that E flat. But if you are feeling it, even if you mess it up, you know how to cover it up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> My favorite moments though are on stage where we're walking around stage or we're coming around each other and you're like, was that okay? Was that, was that this? Or I'm like, is that flat? And you're like, no, it's good. It's good. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys know this. Yeah. Like the, the conversations that go on on stage and some of the best conversations were in Rusalka when I was mute for a whole act and Carrie and she, mm. Oh my God. No. I mean the first entrance of the, of, um, the foreign princess is brutal. You are just singing this crazy stuff in this, and you have to go up to the high C. And, and it was so funny because I could, I knew if I looked at her before I sang the high C and went from window pane to window pane. <laughs> I did that. Um, the, the look on her face was like, if it was a good one that night, you were like, yeah. <laughs> Carrie knew it. Carrie knows that I like, I can't, I can't hide too much. So it's kind of like, 
Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? What's happening? What's the, yeah. Um, but yeah, our favorite, somebody, somebody else asked, and I'm just going to, since we're on this topic, our yeah. the favorite thing that you and I have done together. And I know we've talked about Rusalka, but quite frankly, I think the Ana Bolena won it, won it like hands down. Cause that duet with Bolena and Jane Seymour oh is, God. is ridiculous. Like it's crazy. And you made me want to rip out my heart every dang time. I mean, I think the emotions on stage from both of us were so real and so intense. And so, I mean, these two women, what they're going through is just absolutely horrendous. And it was so fun to, to do it with someone that you feel safe with, you trust, who's going to give you as much back as much as you're giving. And um, that's just joy, man, sheer joy. Except, except when I spit on you. And then I want to pee my pants laughing on stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, or the best is during that show when my ankle is still so extremely busted and I cannot, I'm wearing a 20 pound costume and it hurts so bad to get up from a raked stage. My ankle hurts so bad that sometimes um, you, I mean, it was like you would just grab me and help me get up. <laughs> but, it, but we made it look like I was grabbing you. Yeah, we tried but to make it like, like but I was like, okay, Carrie, come on. Yeah, or if I needed you, it was like, tug, tug, gotta get up. <laughs> But the things people don't know, you know, you, you, the things that we cover on stage and the, the cracking up and carry, you know, there's reasons sometimes why we do movements on stage or grab something or, or move because it's a difficult line or, you know, you need, you need to feel into your back. Mm -hmm. Um, like Carrie singing that one high C you grabbing the, the doorway just so you could like feel I needed to feel something because I was trying to pianissimo that because you have like pianissimi notes for days and I was like, I gotta throw one in there. <laughs> so Carrie's like grabbing this this door like to feel, you know, like support and everything. But you guys just see it as acting, but there's yeah. so many reasons why we do what we do on stage other than acting, <laughs> right? Yeah. <gasps> Ashley, oh, this is a good one. Okay, what is your favorite cocktail recipe? Well, I, I have a feeling that you and I might have one that we really love, and that is Ina Garten's uh, Cosmopolitan recipe. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we might have had those, and I think that the outcome of that interview was quite boozy. <laughs> with, with Susie Graham. <laughs> oh, dear. For the Christmas special, I think I had that on the Christmas special. Totally. Did you have a Manhattan too? Because you like, we both like Manhattans too. Yeah. We like our bourbon. Good bourbon. Good bourbon, yeah. Um, but yeah, we have Ina Garten, and maybe we'll put that at the, the somewhere here in the, the interview, Ina Garten's again, because we love it so much. But a good Manhattan, that, that's why when, when you say, talk about sweet, I like sweet in my drinks, but not necessarily in candy, but, and you like to, to eat it more than drink it, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like sweet drinks. Okay. Pamela Peretta, Parada, Parada. What's the hardest thing about being a professional singer? <laughs> One thing? <laughs> All of it. Mm, missing holidays, missing birthdays, missing weddings, missing, 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 missing. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, we can't have a real life in a way. Um, you know, putting up Halloween decorations. I don't think I've done that ever in our house. 
No, but when I can, it's like, it's all out craziness, you know, cause I, it's so much fun. Um, I think the hardest thing too, is when people come to see your shows when, cause my family, you know, we're like, we got to get our passports now. Cause we want to come travel uh, and see you is that you can't really do everything that they do either. Cause you're still working and you still have to take care of your body and your voice. So I can't go out and be uh, a tourist for eight hours that a day and then go sing a show that night. So um, I get to, I'm, you miss out on all those things too, but. So that would be guilt is what we're both saying. Mm -hmm. Guilt, guilt for missing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Where and when did the Screaming Divas meet? Well, we know that. Washington DC, Anna Bolena. She was singing Anna. I was covering her. I was gonna sing my first Anna right after that. So I wanted to come cover her. Um, that's, I choose to do that for those big honking roles. It helps me. Absolutely. Yeah. You're just, you know what, watching somebody else do it is great because you learn the ins and outs of it and what tricky things they have to deal with, especially if it's a singer that has a voice similar to yours. It's a great way, um, of learning Absolutely. and watching and saying, mm -hmm. oh, look, they have a problem there too. I don't feel so bad. That's a really good point because I have said no um, when I was looking for covers for certain roles. I've said no to some of them because I was like, no, I don't. Our voices are just too different. I can't, I can't yeah. sit there for every for five weeks and listen to that. It will drive me crazy. Yeah, like Anna Bolena, if you had a, a you know a lighter lyric soprano singing it, no, that would have been difficult, and I would have probably torn my hair out because it'd be like, no, that's not how I sing it, you know. So that was what, 14, 12, 14 years ago? 12 years. <laughs> it, I don't know how long ago that was. I don't remember. Google it, people. Okay, Google. All right. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, favorite yeah. opera house to perform in Carrie? No, you do this. This is a good one. You have a favorite. I do. I like the COC here. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I, 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 love, um, I love singing in Barcelona too. Mm -hmm. That was amazing opera house, Barcelona. Acoustics, great. Mm -hmm. COC is like singing in a jewel box because the acoustics are perfect. Mm -hmm. I love, um, no, I would agree with both of those. And I would agree. And I really love, um, I love singing at the Kennedy Center because it's home for me. There's something about, there were so many wonderful memories on that stage um, that I, it's special to me. Um, the other one is ENO. They have a really great acoustics there. It's like the most amazing. Um, I love the acoustics at ENO. I guess we, I guess we like to sing a good acoustics because mm -hmm. I like hearing my voice come back and I know you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you so. know, those opera houses and you love those places. This is still from Pamela. When do you think that fully staged opera productions will resume in the United States? Wait, um, here's the magic eight ball and girl, we have no idea. We're hoping there, there's some stuff coming down the pike for summer. Um, that's going to be outside. There's even stuff, uh, happening here in Nashville with Nashville opera out, uh, at the amphitheater. So we're hoping, I mean, it's going to be a condensed version, no intermission things, but, um, I'll be on the front row of that. The, the few intendants that I've, general managers that I've spoken to in the United States are all hoping for this fall and are planning for this fall. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I, my response to that would be get a vaccine, get vaccinated, and then we can all go and see opera. 
Yep. Hopefully. Hopefully. So summer slash fall. Yeah. That's, I think, I think that's what the numbers that I've been hearing from the dates are like July, August. They're all really aiming for. Um, And I think that's realistic. I think. Uh, Okay. So Yuta Eberts. Okay. Can we name some productions where we felt like everything came together and it was unforgettable? Like, I'm wondering if she's wondering, like asking ones that we've been in or ones that we've seen. Well, how about you, one one each? Gosh. Mm. Oh God, I mean, I can't, I can't answer this question. I know, I, I you know what, I do, I have one. Okay. And um, with me in it, and I also have one that I watched. Um, the one that I watched was the Don Giovanni production in Los Angeles. And I don't know who the director was. I can't remember, but it was with Thomas Allen. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it was just like this cast that was unbelievable. And this production that was unbelievable. And I think it might've been one of the Alden brothers. And I still think about that production. Now it was magic and a production that I've been in. David McVicker's um, Roberto Devereux at the Met. Oh, okay. That and Swat Angelica in Los Angeles with Billy Friedkin, William Friedkin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Placido Domingo still talks about that and cries when he talks about it. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. But you're right. It's hard to really point out. It's more like, for me, performances, specific performances that everything the stars aligned and all the singers were feeling amazing that day and we all just went like boom um right and that the norma i did with uh christopher alden it won all kinds of awards that one was just something about that production was amazing um i loved uh his brothers david alden's follow at the met fell in love with that and I know like so many people were like, what? Um, but I don't know, it just resonated with me. And I was like, I, I have to know this person. Um, I don't know, there's just so many that you just think that they're like special memories for you, whether you were sitting in the audience watching them or mm-hmm. you were in it. It's, um, oh, um, sorry, David McVicker's Bohème. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. I love that. I would go watch that, that Bohem any day. I, I got to sing in it and I loved it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, from Daniel Patrick Canizzo. Mm-hmm. How about a showcase Zoom concert of up and coming singers with no platforms right now? Uh, Why not? Why not? Uh, we can maybe add that to uh, the Screaming Divas concerts that we talked about. Oh, get some young singers up there and be like, hey. Kick it out. Stay tuned. All right. Oh, now we have a whole whack of questions. Okay. Monsi Planas. That's really for you, I think. What would you ever write an autobiography? Yes. And I'm gonna call it just sing stupid. <laughs> I kid you not. I already thought about it. Five is called karaoke. <laughs> it's called karaoke. Peace out. <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm. Just think stupid. Because you know what? We singers get so in our way. We get so in our head. We get so caught up. And I remember one time a voice teacher of mine just said, Just sing, stupid. That's I was like, A very mean teacher. <laughs> very mean teacher. But you know what? 
this person was right. Just quit thinking about it. Just sing. Just do it. Get out of your way and do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. What is a dream you have that you've yet to achieve, Carrie? Mm -hmm. There are some roles. There are some people. There are some stages that are on a bucket list. I hope they happen. It's okay if they don't, but I have a dream board of that. Carrie does. You have a vision board, don't you? I've got my, my vision dream boards and they usually work out. So mm -hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. A, a dream that I've had yet to achieve. Boy, I, I'm no girl. You've done a lot. I, I'm, I'm so fortunate. Um, no, I, to maybe run a young artist program as a teacher or be a teacher of a young artist program. That's still kind of back there brewing in my head. And yeah, and to sing turn dot. I mean, that was a role I always wanted to sing. So hopefully that happens very soon. I hope so too. That would be amazing. I want to hear that myself. But you know, I'm, I mean, if nothing else this last year has taught me how fortunate I am. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. I, I know we both have said this. If we had to walk away from it now, I we've had a great run, man. It's been, our own paths have been, we both have been happy with the paths that we've been yeah. on, so. Absolutely. Um, favorite cocktail, we'd already said this because we like our gin tonics, but. Um, we also like our Manhattans and we like Cosmos. Cosmos. Anna Gardens. Yep. Um, do you plan on recording an album either separately or together, Carrie? That has never been on my dream board. No. But for you, you ha you already have. I have. I, I had one because of the pandemic canceled, um, a solo CD. Um, and I have a CD coming out, keeps getting pushed back, um, of the Three Queens uh, final scenes. It's in the bucket. It's recorded. It's been edited. Well, it's just coming out um, probably next year. Cool. Uh, the, from Chicago, the three queens, uh, but one together, who knows, maybe the Screaming Divas concerts will get recorded. Somebody, somebody call us. <laughs> somebody. I mean, Screaming Divas, Carrie and I, that would be pretty hot. Don't you think, Carrie? It'd be fun. Yeah. I mentioned that I only me, I mentioned I only hear the mistakes and not the beauty in performances, which is the truth. Do I remember a time when I didn't feel this way? Absolutely. Um, and I still have, I mean, I shouldn't have said it that way. I still have performances that I just get carried away and transported that are magical, but it's hard. It's really hard to not become jaded and not here just because of what we do carrie and i are such perfectionists i i don't she still hears beauty i'm sure but i just pick it apart and especially myself and just go oh uh, hmm, it could have done that better could have done that better and it's hard it's really hard because that's our job is to be the best at what we do and that doesn't come from just allowing things to kind of slide by so yeah i still do hear beauty not as much. And last time I really remember hearing beauty and <laughs> was when I was a young artist at the Met and hearing oh. some of those performances, you just kind of went. Right. Yeah. And Ufa at the Met with Leonie Riesnick and 
Benyachkova. I mean. Moly people. All right. Where are we now? What is something you figured out about yourself this past year? I think we just said that, did we not? What? Like, I've done a lot and I'm really fortunate. We both are. Mm -hmm. You know, I, for me, I realized this was a bit, a big one because this really just happened in the last couple of months because I couldn't figure out what was really bothering me. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of pride in the fact that I have had a career and financially supported myself by doing something that I love, but that I have financially supported myself. So without ha- with a year of not working and trying to figure out how to work, because that is part of my identity. When we did an interview with Christian Van Horn and he said, my identity is wrapped up in a singer. My identity isn't wrapped up in that. My identity is wrapped up in that I'm a female and that I can support myself and that I can buy my house and that I have great pride in that. And so this has been that's what I've learned about myself, that I need that. I need to know that I can support myself no matter what. Yep. And you're getting there. Yep. Figuring it out. I also learned that I'm good at communicating besides just singing. And I think you are too, Carrie. I think we found another avenue with the Screaming Divas of how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And God knows we didn't know that we would be, be okay at this, that we don't suck 100%. <laughs> Just, just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, we already had that one, right? Yeah. Is there anyone else you would want to, who, who would be the number one person you would want to interview, Carrie? Like period, like an opera world or period? Just in period. Like who, if you could like go, yeah, you. Oh my gosh. Like that's enormous. Honestly, I think I'd like to interview every religious icon I don't even know if icon's the right word. I want to interview Jesus, Buddha. Mother Teresa. Huh? Mother Mother Teresa. Teresa. Like, I would really love to talk to these people. (laughs) Um, Singing world, I really, I mean, I don't know. There's so many people, oh my gosh, like composers. I'd love to talk to some of them. I mean, there's so many singers, conductors. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't decide. That would kill me. I don't know. I, it's just, just, there's so many people. Gandhi, you're right. Like, oof. I mean, I'd love to talk to him. I got some questions, people. <laughs> I got some questions. I, you know what? I would love to, hmm. Barbara Walters would be a really interesting one for me. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. You know, the queen, I'd love to, you know, maybe that's because of all the Tudor stuff, but. Yeah, right. I want to know what goes on behind those doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. and Barbara Walters, I want to know some of the stuff. Jane Fonda, I think her life has been really interesting. Wow. It would yeah, be a fascinating interview. Yeah, totally fascinating. Okay. This is a very good question. Interesting question from Monsi. Why do you, do we know why our parents named us Carrie and Sandra? Mm-hmm. And if we could change our names, what would it be? Why do you, why were you called Carrie? Um, I hope I get this right, mom. Uh, my mom wanted uh, 
I think she just loved the name, but she wanted a very Southern spelling of it. And so, and a little bit different and um, yeah. No, I would not change my name. I love my name. I actually added my husband's name onto my name because I loved it. I mean, I just, I love my name is Carrie Elizabeth Alchema and I love it. Well, now you just ruined my rapid fire question. Oh. I didn't know what your middle name was. Elizabeth, it was my grandmother's middle name. And I was the first granddaughter. So there was a very special relationship there. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. My name. Uh, do I know why my mother called me Sandra? Oh, wait. I'm not. I wasn't born Sandra. <laughs> Carrie knows this. I was born Sandra. Sandra. And it's like that. Sandra. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know why she called me that. I think there was um, an actress. And it wasn't Sandra D. Because yeah. my name is. Sandra D. She gave my middle name D because Radvanovsky was so long and she wanted to save me writing out. All that. Um, would I change my name? Yes, because I did. I changed it to Sandra and I almost changed it to Alexandra because mm. um, a conductor, Marisa Bravanel, when I was at the Tanglewood Music Center, I actually, for a while, was Sandy. What I was thinking, I don't know. With a Y, Sandy with a Y. And he said, I'm sorry, but you're going to have a big career and you cannot be Sandy. So what do you want to change it to? And he wanted me to be Alexandra. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. Alexandra Radvanovsky is like, oh, I'm going to be signing. I'm going to sign an autograph for 40 hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said, how about just Sandra? That's it. But I wouldn't change it to anything else. Do you remember the days though that they would talk to us about our names because it was more beneficial for us to have European sounding names? Yep. They came at me with that. And I was like, mm. Mm, no. it wasn't for me. Well, no, I mean, people think, people for my whole career have thought that I've made up my last name to make it sound more European. Um, like, but um, you were born with that. That's my name. I actually really love to hear my name said in every different accent every different you know kitty, kitty. <laughs> the italians are the best kitty okay Ooh, what smell brings back memories carrie oh gosh so many well that just makes me sad i know right uh i'm talking about my grandmother i have a bottle of her perfume still smells like her um Patchouli oil makes me think of my sister. Mm. Um, yeah, lots of different smells bring back different things. Some bad smells too, man. <laughs> I was just gonna work. say poopery makes me think of Carrie. Carrie <laughs> 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 uh, gave poopery once when she was staying in New apartment with me in New York. And she's like, girl, we're gonna stay friends. Use this. <laughs> I, I have to say Brute by Fabergé reminds me of my dad because he got oh. it. That was what my dad used. That's cool. I am very Midwest. Yeah. That and um, uh, lilacs. Oh. My mother loved lilacs. Well, she loves them. Sorry. She's not dead. Um, she wouldn't remember that she loves lilacs. <laughs> yeah, we had a lilac tree. Um, I don't know. These are like so many of these. 
Do you have any recurring dreams or nightmares? That's like, ooh, that's kind of yep. weird. Yep, had it last night. Had it last night. I don't know this about you. What is that? Um, where I walked on stage, I was ready to go. I opened my mouth. I don't know what I'm singing. I don't know what's happening. And you're just, it's panic. It's sheer panic. Yeah. I don't I, know why. What is that? Because we're always so organized. We always have our poop in a group and we're always the most, you know, we arrive knowing our stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's our biggest fear is that we won't. Maybe. My, my dream or nightmare I have is falling through a sieve. And, and I'm sure Freud would just have a, a field day with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm falling. I'm falling. And I always wake up right before I go through the sieve. Okay. Weird that it's a sieve. It's like a big strainer, you know, and like, yeah. and it's like, eh, there she went. And Freud dream car, Carrie. Honestly, for me, and this is really like a bone of contention with my husband and myself, I could really give a crap as long as it moves and it gets me where I'm going and it doesn't break down. I just, I can't handle that. I just, as long as it moves. Now, my husband, on the other hand, also, I will do whatever I want in that car. I will eat, I will drink, I will whatever. Um, my husband loses his business. Like he is so mellow, but when he knows I've eaten in that car, it is like, yeah. So it's really funny when I try to hide it. <laughs> yeah, just don't. I mean, we married the same man in that sense. Like seriously, when I say to my husband, oh, can I just go? I'm just kind of hungry. Can I? And okay. Guilty pleasures. You guys, you wanted to know that after a... <laughs> after performance mm -hmm. and it's late and there's no dinner afterwards we go to the drive-thru mcdonald's and i get chicken mcnuggets and french fries <laughs> because french fries fix everything there but i always said it's in the car and then i like grab the french fries and i get that on my hand from my husband like don't touch them you can't eat it in the car you you he makes you drive that oh my gosh no see i I, no, I don't put up with that shenanigans. I'm going to eat in the car. I help pay for that car. I can do whatever I want in that car. <laughs> I, I'm with you like about cars. I mean, my husband loves cars, loves cars. Um, that's why we have six of them. But um, my dream car, I've always wanted a Maserati. Ooh. Um, but my other dream car that I always wanted was an Alfa Romeo and he bought it for me mm. for our 10th wedding anniversary. So that's cool. I'm, you know what, once again, Lucky gal. Lucky so, gal. Um, if you could instantly become an expert in something, Carrie, what would it be? Um, anything that has to do with software. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real estate. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, something that's useful, like software is useful. I could do anything with that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Stock market. I think I'd love to be able to know more about that, but you know what, we're singers and math is the other side of the brain. So that will never, ever happen. This is going on too long, Carrie. We need to shut up now, don't we? We got lots of questions to ask. I know. Um, oh, this is a good one though. If someone were to play you in a movie, Carrie, who would you want it to be? Meryl to be? Streep. <laughs> Copycat. Copycat. Um, or, or Judy Dench. I mean, these women are freaking brilliant. Um, oh, Viola Davis, love her, love her. <gasps> oh, um, Melissa McCarthy. I'm sorry, I love movies. Melissa McCarthy. 
I mean, I got her to play me. Hmm? Miranda and Natasha Richardson, you know? Um, yeah, that would, um, Vanessa Redgrave. I could go with her too. Yeah, she's a good one. Jane Fonda. Cause I pray to God I look as good as she does at her age. She's amazing. She's the force of nature. Amazing. But yeah, I think right now Meryl Streep. Lily Tomlin. <laughs> Lily, Lily Tomlin. Mic drop. Um, tell me a mistake you made in life. Ooh, that's a deep one. Doing Screaming Divas. <laughs> so many. I mean, yeah. What is a life without mistakes and failures? You know, so many. And you own it. You make it. You do it. You own it. Mistake in life. I, I would say for me was maybe not having children, but I had no control over it because I couldn't have children. Um, and it was my fault, but I don't know. Mistake in life. Well, it was daily. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why did I drink so much last night? <laughs> Oh my gosh yeah i don't know a deep one a, but a big esoteric uh what mistake did you make in life you know what i think we learn from our mistakes so mm -hmm. i i guess i'm i'm the eternal optimist and i think carrie is too i mean we we make things positive put a positive spin on it i am definitely a half glass full not empty yeah for sure person. Yep. and um yeah truth all right. I love these. These are awesome. These are my guys. Okay. okay, go for it. Looking at your favorite roles, what is the one phrase that you'd like to corner the composer in the afterlife to find out what the F they were yes. when they wrote it? I know you have like 10 of these. No, I got one. Okay. Macbeth. The very last note he saves it for. A high D flat pianissimo. Mm -hmm. What? What? Who sings that when they're going crazy? No, thank you. Uh-uh. Yours? Um, I'm sorry, Verdi in, in general needs um, needs to be slapped across his face for what he did to Sopranos. I mean, the the approach up to what he does is rude. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's the high C and Balo for you now, isn't it? Oh, that is just a mind, a mind fuck. I'm sorry. It's just I screwed it up. I hate it still to this day. But how he approaches things is just rude. Like, why? Did you hate women? That's what I'd like to know. Okay. I see no patria mia. Exactly. Why? Did, did you really hate the woman that you wrote this for? That's what I want to know. Probably. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, what songs will always get your butt up on the dance floor? Well, I think I know this. <laughs> All right, what? what? What would you say? Oh, um, I think any kind of 80s pop music <laughs> basically will get your butt up am i wrong mm -mm. anything mm -hmm. yeah. i love like you know missy elliott's always a no-brainer hello can you go what's that with a low 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 you, that's yeah. florida mm -hmm. florida mm -hmm. that's i know my carry okay yeah. but it doesn't take much to get carry <laughs> yes i have no shame i don't care i will shake anything and everything wherever you want me to do it <laughs> And I'm I'm right there like with 80s pop. Just okay, about. I would have said like ABBA. I would have said I I would have thought that you would like that would be pink. your thing. I love pink. Pink, pink. I really do like Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah. All them. 
Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, I love her. Um, what is your biggest rehearsal room pet peeve? Oh dear. What? Just one? Yeah, just one. Well, I asked you. What's mine? The people. Oh, well. Hmm. Uh, biggest shit. Oh, there's just so many. Uh, the people that who talk while you're doing this really intense scene, and they're just like, so or on their fucking phones texting, talking, not paying attention. And oftentimes it's a person that's supposed to be your cover, not Carrie, because Carrie was always paying attention when she was covering me in the Honorable Elena. But people that just really don't give a crap and it's like, you know what? There are 5,000 other people out there that could be in your position. Do you not realize how lucky you are to be here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of them. Keep going, Carrie. People that sing all the time in rehearsals. <laughs> that doesn't bother me I'm like eh, whatever you can blow your voice out I don't care um I don't like when administration doesn't tell you that certain people are going to be in the room or that they're filming something or recording something and you show up and I, like, if I'm rolling around on the floor, I'm not going to be wearing my nice clothes that you're going to photograph me in, or the rehearsal skirt that I have is really kind of like a hot dang mess, but you want to take a photograph of me in that. And you have your hair on the top of your head. Exactly. Or we've been sweating all day. Like we've been working so hard. It's the last hour of the day. I, my makeup's down my face, my lipstick's everywhere, whatever. And you bring in people like that. That is, if you want to see fire come out of my face, that's... They did, they did that to me at the Met um, with the Deborah, with the new production. They didn't tell me. And on top of it all, they were filming a scene that we were singing. And it's like Matt Polinsani, nor I, had warmed up. And we're going. And it was right when, you know, when you're in a new production and you're like, you're in it and you're, and you're like, it was a, that, that scene where I smacked him across the face and Deborah, and we're like in that scene. And then they're like with the camera. Okay, now we need you to stop and we're going to, no, go away. Right. That's a good That's question. Awesome. What's one piece of advice that you would give your younger self as? You are enough. Period. Period. Exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And trust your, trust your gut. Always. Don't let other people. Always. Tell you what to do. Trust what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, you. Oh, one piece of advice. Oh, I see. As I see a freshman in college. Mm. Oh, they're all the same. I always had the same issues. Do you have, I like this one though. What's your one piece of advice that you would give your younger or give yourself as in late February 2020, just before the pandemic hit? Oh, geez. Go to as many restaurants as you can. <laughs> You're not going to be eating out for a long time. Um, seriously, I would have been like, take those shoes back, girl. Take them back. <laughs> Buy toilet paper. <laughs> I had spent some serious money because I was making good money and thinking I was making good money the rest of the year that I could afford these shoes that it wasn't. And now I look at these gorgeous shoes that I wish I could take back. <laughs> They've never been worn, people. Why? Where am I going to wear them? In the woods? I don't think so. In the woods walking to hubs. 
<laughs> You'll just chew them. They'll be like goober. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I would tell myself, you know, buy toilet paper. <laughs> stock up on toilet paper. <laughs> have stock, yeah, so have some stock of stuff. Um, buy a ring light, because, yeah, you're not going to be able to get one for eight months. Hey. And there's one that fell off a boat in China. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get it someday. Uh, what's your favorite connecting airport in the U.S. or in Europe? Ooh. I know which ones I hate. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I mean, Atlanta is the worst thing ever. If I can avoid yeah. Atlanta, I avoid Atlanta. And in Europe, London Heathrow. Ugh. Without a doubt is the worst. No, yeah, no thanks. Love Paris though. Love Charles de Gaulle. Really? Yeah. I don't. I like that. But Amsterdam, hot dang mess, people. Hot dang mess. Okay. I hate Frankfurt too. I gotta say, it is so oh. massive, and you gotta go up and down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Okay. Favorite airport restaurant? <laughs> Do you have one? Yeah, it's called the Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's the new Lounge. The Hawksmoor, Hawksworth, Hawksmoor here in um, mm -hmm. in Toronto, mm -hmm. and uh, yes, I sound like an elitist. I'm so sorry, but it's oh really whatever. No, if I have to go through Atlanta, I mean, I'm glad that Delta. I always fly Delta, so I'm glad they have those lounges. Seriously, I have used those showers. I mean, when you are oh my goodness, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, say, I will say that to people mm -hmm. when we get back to flying that thing in the sky that you just don't see all that often. Um, uh, stick with one airline and try to get you know, loyalty, royalty, whatever you call it, um, become a member and get status with an airline because the perks that you get, and I'm sure they're going to be even more now because people aren't going to be as flying as much. <clears throat> okay. Almost done, Carrie. Three more people, three more. What is your strategy when you're traveling alone and are going someplace where you do not speak the language? Ooh. I know what I do. Louder. <laughs> be total American. It'd be like, what? what? Um, yeah, there's something called translate on your phone. Yep. I have two different apps that I use. I also have researched the hell out of where I'm going. Also restaurants. What I also know how to pronounce certain phrases. Like where is the bathroom? Yep. <laughs> Anyone you like gone somewhere? Hmm? Yeah. yeah. The only time I was in real big trouble was in Japan. Okay. When you go to a restaurant and Christine Gerke and I were there together and we called it point and eat. <laughs> pick, the, pick the picture. Mm -hmm. That's that. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. And I look, I actually research like what I want to do there. So I've already read everything and where I want to go, what I want to see. Um, and I have travel. Sometimes I have travel books. A lot of time now they're on my iPad. Um, so yeah, I've done that. Mm -hmm. Carrie's be prepared. That's oh. Carrie's motto. Always be prepared. All right. This is a good one. What is your favorite way to be welcomed into a theater as a guest artist? I, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, but I like meeting the general manager first day. I want to get the feel of the theater. Mm -hmm. And I think it starts from the top down, you know? Mm -hmm. So to be there and to have somebody welcome you is really, especially if it's a theater, I, I maybe not theaters that I've, you know, we've been to a lot, but if it's a theater that you've never been to before, you don't know where you're going. Right. 
and to have somebody just meet you and say, hi, I'm Joe and I'm going to take you to the rehearsal room and here's your pass and here's the schedule and blah, blah, blah. It's just civilized. No, it is. It makes it so much, the stress of not knowing where you're going or I mean, all that goes away with something like that. Um, and you know what? This is going to sound so ridiculous. <laughs> I am always grateful for like a packet of information of phone numbers and a gift basket with like a granola bar or whatever. Like, because sometimes you get there and like what you're saying, if you didn't pack something or you don't have something and they've got some, a piece of chocolate. <laughs> and I tell you the, the thing that I hate the most though, when you go somewhere yeah. being picked up at the airport by a donor, I'm sorry. Opera companies think that they're being really nice and kind, but 90% of the time, You've just been on a really long flight or woke up really early. You don't want to talk to anybody. And these people are usually big fans and they want to pick your brains. And you're just like, I just want to go to my hotel or my apartment and take a shower and go to bed. I don't mind the conversation so much. I mind the driving because I don't know. Are you going to kill me? Also, <laughs> they're usually not the youngest people. So you end up lifting your own suitcases. I don't, I mean, look, I don't even care about that. I mean, I do care. I actually have to say sometimes, listen, I've been on the road for three, six months and I need to know that there's enough room in the car. I mean, you and I both have to have that conversation with people like, um, we have this X amount of luggage. Um, but, or especially when you're traveling with your significant other, they've got their luggage too. And it's usually just not one bag each. I mean, sorry, it just doesn't happen that way. So that's always an issue. But my issue was always the, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Am I Do you gonna, know where you're going? You know where you're going? Like what's, and you, I would just rather have a professional driver, like a taxi cab driver, or it's just easier for me to do it myself than looking for someone. Yep. So, because I prefer when I get off an airport to get from the curb into the car, I don't want to have to take lug everything into a parking garage. I mean, I know that that sounds ridiculous, but it's just, it's annoying. No, you're just exhausted. And I mean, flying nowadays is not what it was 20 years ago, you know? No, I really appreciate that the donors want to do that and use their time and spend their time doing that. But I'd much rather meet the donors on, like you're saying, on a day when... Yeah. Let's go to, let's go show me something, you know, yeah. let's go sightseeing. Right. I love that. I, it's not that I don't want to meet the donors, but you know, when I get out of the airport, I just want to get in an Uber. I want to get in a taxi. I just want to go to where we're going because you know, we have, we have work on our brain right. when we get off that plane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last one. Woo want me to read it? You want to read it? Oh, okay. So say you're doing a new production in a city new to you. What are your top priorities to set yourself up as a local? For the time that you are there. Ooh. I know what Carrie would say. What? Find the best restaurants. <laughs> restaurant, restaurant, restaurant. Grocery store, farmer's markets, yep. those things. I want to know where those are. And I would be like um, clothing boutique and shoe store. <laughs> no, that's not true. I like good restaurants too. And it always seems like, I don't know about you, but it always seems like you find this hidden gem the day before you leave. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I try to scope that out. And I really love, we, we're both the same. We love exploring cities right. and I love doing it on foot. Yep. Um, 
So I love getting out there and just walking and seeing and feeling the vibe and what's different about the city than other cities. And, and when can we do that again, Carrie? <laughs> yeah. I have one rapid fire for you and it's the rapid fire that we just asked on our last and how has your life changed in the last year and what have you learned? I've learned that hmm, it, well, the biggest change for myself and for my husband is that we don't live in a city mm. anymore. Um, we lived downtown Nashville. We've always lived in cities. We love the cities. And this has been a huge change of moving outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about moving back. Because <laughs> um, I miss it a lot. Uh, I learned about the financial aspect of it, about why that's so important to me. Um, and I learned, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've always known that the singing could end. I mean, I always knew that it could, that it could go because your voice could go with a bad sneeze, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. But um, I wanted the choice. This mm-hmm. is like a choice. What am I trying to say? I don't know. What have I learned? What have you learned? I think you've learned a hell of a lot. I'm sorry, Final Cut Pro. Oh, be resourceful. Yep. Old dogs can can learn new tricks. <laughs> and you you know you can you can wear a lot of hats all at once, and and that was that's really amazing. Like how we how we did this, it's pretty it's pretty amazing and how um, how much all of you out there have written to us and said how much you've enjoyed it. And that is worth every moment of crying and frustration and anger and all of it doing this because it's not been easy doing Screaming Divas. Um, it's been a huge learning curve for us and difficult at some times when I was stuck in Europe without internet for three months. And difficult talking about not singing and then, and then listening to it and editing it, editing it for hours. And it's the same emotions over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, But listen, I think we're coming through it. I really do. I think, I think we're getting there. I think, things are changing. And if not, something's going to have to change for both of us. So I think we're at the tipping point. And I think a lot of people are at the tipping point right now. You know, mm-hmm. this sounds like Debbie Downer, but it's going to be interesting to see. I, I have a question for you. And I don't know if you want to answer this on here. Yeah. But I've been thinking about this. So yes, I ate my have... birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. I'm glad you did. Um, so you have we're able to be working again, mm-hmm. even though it's not the same working, mm-hmm. but you've been able to work. You've been able to do an opera. Mm-hmm. You've been able to do a concert. You've, so you've been able to do that. But there were a lot of bumps in the road along the way. Some you've made public and some you haven't. Knowing what you know now, would you have done it again? 
Well, that's a very, I hate you. <laughs> um, boy. A big part of me says no. Um, not the not the first part of getting back to singing, but the second part of it, just because the last three months, and maybe someday we'll have to tell everybody exactly what happened to me in the last three months, but um, having my whole life stolen from my dressing room, I think maybe up until January 22nd, I would redo. Okay. But from the moment that my whole life was stolen from my dressing room mm -hmm. until what now, today is April 16th. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's been, it's been really hectic. And part of me wishes that I could have been down in Chicago with my mother who is, you know, failing quickly. Mm -hmm. um, was it worth all the grief and the stress and the stress? I don't know, but it made me, what do they say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, totally. So I feel like a stronger human being because of it. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I compromised my art? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know, singing for an empty theater with a microphone um, is not the same as singing, you know, in a theater full of all of you out there, mm -hmm. but I, I mean, I'm just talking this through. I think that the overwhelming response back that I've had because of doing what I did mm -hmm. would make me do it again. Okay. Because I think I lifted a lot of people's souls um, because a lot of people were really struggling. I needed music. Yeah, and, and maybe for an hour or so, I made mm -hmm. them forget about all of the, the right. stuff that they were going through. And yeah, so I guess, yeah, I guess I answered my question there. But for sure, I would do Screaming Divas over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I would too, knowing what we know. We're doing it as long as we can. So more shenanigans. Oh thank you all for the, the amazing questions. Like really, wow, so overwhelmed. Yeah, that was it was super fun to, to see all of them and go, oh my gosh, yeah, let's answer those even if it takes us an hour and a half. Carrie's <laughs> <laughs> gonna edit this. And I will edit it down, people. Oh yeah. my goodness. No, thank you guys for watching. Thanks for all the fans, for all your kind words that you always send us these messages, whether they're private or public. And um, we love you. And we read all of them. Yeah, we, we read every single one. Every single and it, and it's still just carrying me. Doing reading everything. So yeah, we haven't hired anybody. Because we don't have the money. <laughs> The truth girl speak the truth well you know listen i mean people need to know the truth right like we're just we're living day to day so like all of you are too so just know we send our love mm -hmm. and um hang in there we're all hanging in get a vaccine please vaccine and we'll see you at the theater soon that's our hope oh. at our screaming divas concerts oh. <laughs> more shenanigans to come more shenanigans come. Yeah. Love you all. Thank Love you for you. an amazing year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we will see you soon. <laughs>